right, welcome to I Am Hunter podcast. Uh, this is uh, a post-COVID uh, podcast. Can we call it that? I think so, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Restrictions are easy. So, so most of the restrictions are gone, which is great. I mean, COVID's um, still around, but... Yeah, exactly. Now, we've got a really interesting one online today. This is... Um, the Honourable Guy Barnett. He's the Minister for Primary Industries and Water in Tasmania, um, and he has a number of other um, hats that he wears uh, with wildlife services and stuff like that. He's got a rural background, um, and he's probably the main guy associated with hunting, fishing, you know, and all of that kind of stuff in Tasmania. So it should be a really interesting conversation. Um, and uh, I've got both Jess and Tash here with me this time. So um, they can ask some pretty pointed questions so me and him don't get into fisticuffs about anything. Um, and, uh, uh, but of course that won't happen. But um, anyway, we'll try and get him on the line right now. Hi, Barnett speaking. Yeah, g'day, um, Guy. It's Rod Byfield here from Huntshack. How are you? Oh, good. Is it Rod, is it? That's it, mate. Yep. Yes, nice to meet you, Rod. Yeah, you too, over the phone, which is pretty yes. common nowadays with COVID. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Mate, well, let's um, crack onto it. Um, give, maybe uh, we can start by you giving us a bit of a background about, um, obviously, like I know that, that you have a rural background. Um, yep. And uh, so if you can just tell us a bit about your background, a bit about, you know, where you're from, um, sure. you know, what, yep. what your attachment to hunting or fishing has been in the past and things like that. Yes, thanks very much, Rod. Much appreciated. And look, it's uh, great to be with you and uh, touch base. And uh, yeah, no, I was born and raised on a farm at Hagley in northern Tasmania. We had a mixed farm and so cattle, uh, sheep, mixed crops. Uh, potatoes, peas, poppies, carrots, all that sort of thing. Yep. And, uh, yeah, really uh, loved the country life, the rural life, and uh, lots of happy memories there. Actually, my dad taught me to shoot as a, as a boy. I had three older brothers, so um, we were out and about, uh, you know, shooting the odd rabbits uh, or wallaby from time to time. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so that's the, that's the background, and uh, certainly love uh, uh, fishing and uh, hunting as a kid, and I still uh, do quite a bit of uh, fishing both inland and sea fishing as well. I love it. Yeah, right. Oh, excellent. You do you do some trout fishing? Yes. Yeah, very keen. I'm not that successful. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Welcome to the I club. Think we've got a, yeah, <laughs> exactly. We've got a world-class trout fishery here in Tasmania. We proud certainly of it. do. And, uh, we're very, very fortunate and blessed in this state, Tasmania, for sure. Yep. Just as a segue, do you fly fish or just spinning? I, I do both, but yep. I certainly love fly fishing. And we've obviously, Tassie's just hosted the World Fly Fishing yes, Championships. Yes, that's right, yeah. Up the lakes and uh, some of our rivers. So it's a great credit to Tassie. Um, so I love uh, fly fishing and I love any sort of fishing. I was just fishing uh, on the long weekend, actually, uh, in the River Tamar and I think the smallest fish in the Tama River. Um, <laughs> little toad, little toad fish. Well, if it, if it makes you feel any better, I'm pretty sure I've caught the smallest red uh, redfin in the Macquarie. So uh, it's about the size of my thumb on a on a tiny little yes. um, uh, well, tiny little fly. Yeah, well, look, I can relate to that. I caught heaps of redfin in the Meander River as a kid. We, our farm was on the Meander River and had a few brown trout, of course, and yeah. they were few and far between. But, yeah, caught heaps of uh, redfin and a few eel and uh, tench and a few other things. But, yeah, so it's great. It's a great pastime, though, and mm. Tassie's very, very fortunate. We've got over 100,000 fishers, actually, in Tassie, both yeah. sea fishing and inland, which, yeah. is, which is good to know. Wow, yeah, so that's, that's right. like a fifth of our population. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. One in five yeah. of uh, population over it's five years of age, and I reckon there'd be a fair few under five as well would give it a go. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. Well, I'd I've agree. got one of those. He was definitely into fishing well before he was five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go. <laughs> That's that's excellent, mate. Do you still have a um like? Do you still have a rifle license? No, I don't. Um, no, I don't at the moment. I used to obviously as a kid. Yeah. Um, and uh, on the farm, etc. But no, I don't. But I certainly support uh, you know as many Tasmanians as possible to to uh, enjoy their hunting and yep. support that part of the Tasmanian way of life. I think that's what helps make Tasmania great. It's part of uh, that makes this state so good that uh, we can do hunting and fishing, recreational activities. And, uh, yeah, so that's um, that's. Did you ever yeah. get the opportunity when you were a kid to hunt deer or anything like that? No, no, I haven't. I've got lots of friends who do it. Um, yep. I haven't personally. Yeah. But uh, as I say, it's part of the Tasmanian way of life, and mm. um, yeah. yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and we certainly have a um, we we have probably the stronghold of fallow deer in Australia, as far as you know the 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 gene pool of fallow that we've got here, the amount of fallow we've got in one one place as well. Which obviously has a little bit of contention with farms and stuff like that, but um, but I, I consider it an an awesome benefit, you know, um, yeah. for us to have that available. Yeah, well, I think uh, absolutely. There's five thousand uh, you know deer licenses out there. I think it was sold this last year, and we've got uh, what nearly seven and a half thousand uh, wallaby licenses. You've got uh, you've got over a thousand duck hunting licenses as well, and. You know, got some of those special species like pheasant and quail yeah. in different parts of the state. There's uh, just short of a thousand license holders for them as well. So it's pretty important, and yeah, uh, yeah it's absolutely recognised by me and our government for sure as a part of the Tasmanian way of life. It's got to be done responsibly, of course, but that's uh, that's part of the part of the way we do it. Fantastic. Well, as a side note to that guy, do you know how many firearms owners we have in Tasmania? I personally don't know. I'd have to check with Mark Shelton, yeah, um, but I know worry. there's many thousands, and uh, that's monitored obviously very carefully and managed carefully. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, do you guys collect much information on the demographics of hunters in Tassie? Um, I think they have the basic information. Um, we have Game Services Tasmania. They do a great job. It's part of my department. And when we came to government, we moved it into the Department of Primary Industries, uh, like and water so agriculture rather than having it in parks and wildlife so that happened under our government when we yep. first came in so that's i think where it's meant to be yeah and so you got game services tasmania so they monitor and collect all that information and then uh, uh the game uh, services council um and that's an advisory body to me they meet it's chaired by greg hall former mlc he's a good good man and he understands about hunting and recreational activities yeah so um they provide advice to me as the minister and of course uh, they liaise directly with game services tasmania in the department yeah, yeah. so what what was the I, I guess the motivation between changing them from uh, those from one department to the other well the motivation behind it was to um recognize it as a legitimate um uh pastime and yeah. uh, activity, recreational activity, yeah. um, and to put it in a place that's Agri-Growth Tasmania or Department of Primary Industries and Water, and that's where it is, and I think that's where it should be because yeah. it it's part of our me. primary industry. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, um, 
you know, it doesn't have to, if you put it, it was in parks and wildlife, as I say, and there's no, no offence there whatsoever. It's just yeah. that it was in the wrong the wrong place. And if they just see it as regulating a pastime for the sake of it, whereas I think we certainly, as our government, recognise it as a legitimate and important uh, recreational activity. And that's why we've set up Game Services Tasmania within uh, the um, department and why I've got a special sort of a council that advised me on it and the council's made up of um, obviously Greg Hall but um, a range of organisations and stakeholders, um, deer hunters, um, TFTA, farmers and graziers, you know, conservation groups yeah. as well and we've got a good a good mix there. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. I understand at the moment um, there's not a lot of information that's released to the public on the trends within um, the hunting community here in Tasmania and also the benefits that it has to the economy. Are there any plans to do that in the future? Because we can, we've seen a lot of this information come out of places Vic like the and US New South and Wales. Yeah, now uh, Victoria and New, yeah. New South Wales and New Zealand released some of that information too and of course when you have that information available you can make more informed decisions about how important it is to the economy and then how we Especially take the that in the future. Economy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. are there any yep. plans in Tasmania to collect more of that information about the effect that it has on the, the economy and then release that to the public? Well, look, first of all, I want to acknowledge the point. That's a really good point. Um, certainly at the national economy, my understanding, based on the advice I've received, it's a $2.4 billion benefit to yep. the national economy um, and Tassie's obviously a key part of that so we would definitely be entitled to a share of that and that mm. should be recognised. Yep. We don't have a specific report in Tassie um, on the specific figure but certainly we recognise that. We obviously have done an assessment uh, for fishing um, and that's I think it was $1,500 plus per um, angler or fisherman and uh, you know over 150 nearly 160 million to the economy mm. um, and I'm sure in terms of deer hunting and, and uh, shooting it would be very very significant and important so in terms of uh, considering that going forward I think it's something to take into account what mm. we do recognize is the impact uh, of uh, certainly certain game species and, and deer on crops yeah. and pastures and young forest plantation trees and things like that. Um, and we recognise the importance of that. That's why the TFGA and uh, the foresters are very supportive of, of what we're trying to do in terms of, um, you know, uh, crop protection permits and the, some of the reforms that we've introduced to yeah. uh, make it easier to... to uh, um, maintain and uh, maintain a good number. You of, manage of, the numbers. Yeah. 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 And man manage those numbers, yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Because, I mean, you know, when developing legislation and things like that in terms of hunting and the hunting community, it's obviously important to know the information, you know, behind what effect it does have on the economy and what it is bringing into Tasmania in terms of tourism and, and local business too. And just yeah. that, yeah. that's a real interesting one because hunting tourism, is there any conversation or any kind of, I guess at the moment, any kind of um, uh, plan afoot to, to do anything about hunting tourism? Because, uh, and just to give you a little bit of context, the, the way that we have the, um, the tag system set up, especially for, for stags, um, that's going to be the primary, uh, you know, anyone that comes in here is going to want to come in here to, in, during the stag season for, sure. for hunting tourism. Now, of yep. course, that's limited to around about five weeks for us here in Tassie, um, uh, where the rest of Australia, um, all of your fallow, samba, red deer, um, chittle deer, 
you know, they, they have many months which they can hunt yeah. even during um, the rut, uh, which is the mating season. Uh, that they can hunt male deer. Um, and that obviously attracts hunters mm. because a lot of them are, are obviously chasing the, the bucks and, and the stags. Um, and But here in Tassie, it's limited to five weeks, which, which does kind of limit our capacity and capability for any kind of hunting tourism. Well, it also puts a significant amount of pressure on the land that is available to hunt during that time because everyone's trying to squeeze their hunting in for stags to... to five weeks yeah. so if we were to increase yes. the tourism and, and increase more people coming in you're increasing that pressure again so i'm just wondering yeah. Yeah, just to go back to the main point uh, i'm wondering whether there's been any conversation around that or whether there's any plans for that in the future to, to, yeah, to see that sure. no, <clears throat> look some really good points there and uh, absolutely acknowledged in terms of the merit of hunting tourism i mean of course it already occurs in tasmania to some degree with hunters mm. coming you know nationally and internationally uh, to, to Tassie for hunting fellow deer for their trophy heads. Mm. Um, and I know there's at least one property that's based in breeding high-end, you know, fellow deer stags. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there would be opportunities for entrepreneurs and others to um, bring forward, you know, opportunities in terms of accommodation, guiding, fine dining, you know, transport in order to meet those market demands. Mm. And I know certainly in the fishing uh, area the fishing guides are, are very active in that space i think there's a lot more that could be done um we've got pheasant um species um you know on king island uh where hunting does occur you've got cape barren of course uh, the cape barren goose on flinders island yeah and that's attracted some visiting hunters from elsewhere um i know what's happened in new zealand and actually last year um in august i was in denver colorado and i went to carbella's yeah. Um, it's one of those big retail stores. I don't know if you've ever been there. Yeah, or oh, well, I, we know of Cabela's, yeah. Oh, uh, look, yeah. it's an experience in and of itself. Um, <laughs> I just loved it. If anyone's interested in fishing and hunting and shooting and so on, just try and get to Cabela's. It's yeah. like a massive Bunnings, and it's just got everything you could ever want or need and uh, or dream about. So it's all in there. Yeah. Um, so very impressed with that. I know the Americans are big on hunting tourism and mm. um, that sort of thing, but um, so, look, I think there's a lot of upside there. I'd be keen to talk to you or your members and others about opportunities in that space and yeah. how we can um, help grow that uh, experience. Mm. Uh, it's part of the Tasmanian way of life, and uh, so long as you've got appropriate, you know, responsible rules and guidelines yeah, around yeah. that, of course, uh, everybody, I'm sure, would support that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. So is there any discussion at the moment in government about changing up some of that legislation to make it more... Um, more feasible for people to open up a business because obviously like five weeks is not a lot of time to um, have a business be dependent on for their yearly income. So is there any talk in government about about changing some of that so that it can be there can it's, be more time I, I guess spent doing that? Specifically in, in, in with regards to the stag season. Yeah. The stag season. Yeah, you're obviously focused on the stag season. Obviously there's opportunities you know, all year round in, in depending on the species or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, look, I've certainly got an open mind to that. Um, yeah. We've mm. certainly extended the uh, hunting season for antlerless deer, yeah. Um, yeah. as you know, and uh, we've done a lot with introduction of the five-year crop protection permits yeah. for antlerless and deer. And I'm a supporter of both of those. There's a yeah. lot of conjecture yep. around that, but yeah. but, yep. um, but I think that's great. I think yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I'd say that. good we've job. We've removed the... We've removed the quotas and tags. 
you know, for, for game licences, crop protection permits for antlerless deer. So there's a fair bit we've done. And as you probably know, we've done the, or commenced the statewide deer census. Mm. And that's going to provide up-to-date data to help yeah. inform future deer management strategies. So um, absolutely open mind um, on what and how we can do it better. Yeah. And I think we've come a long way already in recent uh, um recent months and years and uh, i'm really pleased with that but yeah I'm we keen definitely to agree take, yeah. take it the next step uh, if at all possible yeah yeah good good oh, it's good to hear we'd love for you to join us and help spread a positive message about hunting become an i am hunter member and help keep hunting alive for future generations in return get a free t-shirt exclusive member discounts and win great prizes including an annual hunting trip last year one member scored himself a buffalo hunt in the northern territory this year we're sending someone to south africa to join, go to IamHunter.net. Okay, so thinking about what's happened recently with COVID-19. if it's upset we... everybody's apple cart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we were to have a second wave, like people are suggesting we might, can we expect the same restrictions and closures for the hunting and fishing, fishing community? Well, as you know, um, it's obviously based on the, the advice of the Public Health Director and we've tried to follow that advice. Yeah. Um, we've wanted to, uh, you know, um, release and uh, ease the restrictions wherever possible as soon as possible, but we've had to act on that advice to protect uh, people's safety and health and welfare and uh, that's been our top priority and I think overall we've we've done pretty well in Tassie, but mm. uh, there have been a lot of sacrifices sacrifices. Uh, made and um, we should remember in terms of hunting however that it was never it was never banned um, as as an activity during COVID-19 but of course some areas were, were not uh, um, you know applicable um, mm. but in terms of it still being a recreational activity it wasn't banned. Mm. Sure all, all the public access was taken away though or restricted um, and with the um, uh, with the limitation of travel that also meant a lot of people were, were obviously, you know, couldn't couldn't actually hunt or fish as a result yeah. of that. So, yes. um, look, I'm, I mean, not, I'm not arguing with, yeah. with what was, you know, happened, but uh, it's been it's been challenging for all of us. A lot of uh, sacrifices made. Oh, no the doubt, community. no doubt, and we and, we um, we're not disrespecting yeah. any of that from from that point of view. I mean, I, I think mm. that in general, most of the plan that's been played out has been played out well. Um, but obviously, a lot of a lot of our followers they're asking the question, and, and one of the I guess the main questions they ask is, what was the thought around restricting hunting and fishing when it's primarily kind of solo or by design? There's kind of social distancing built into it anyway. If you, if yes, you like. no. Look, I'm I'm hearing you, and of course, these decisions are, should be directed to the director of public health and yeah. the state controller. Uh, he wouldn't come on a podcast with this guy. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah, well, look, that, that's the advice, obviously, yeah. we, were, we were following, and it's there to protect people's health and health and welfare, and uh, those those um, restrictions were put in place for that very purpose, and particularly from, you know, day one in mid-March, you know, everybody you know, had a massive impact, particularly on certain parts of our community, hospitality, tourism and so on. Yeah. Uh, and we're in a pandemic um, situation, so we had to respond very swiftly and urgently. And, uh, yeah, saving lives has been the top priority. Oh, absolutely. And I think as a state, we've done very well. Has the department, yeah. has, has the department in your, your kind of area had much to do with the feedback loop in terms of going back to the... the who, who did you say was in charge of the, the Director of Public Health? 
So going back to them with feedback on how that did work, because obviously the situation was unprecedented. So a lot of what was being put into place was done so based on what we thought would be the best, um, the best things to do. So how is the kind of feedback happening so that if we do have a second wave, we're refining and changing the procedures and the policies that are put into place based on what evidence came out of the first Yeah, what worked, what didn't, have, you know, kind of an after-action report or review. Yes, well, look, uh, certainly the feedback, I'm sure, has been occurring on an ongoing basis and we've had uh, briefings, for example, from the um, State Emergency Management Committee as a weekly basis to the Cabinet, of which I'm a member, of course, and we provide feedback through that process, but directly um, stakeholders have had feedback directly to um, the Director of Public Health and the State Controller. My department um, has done an unbelievably good job, um, particularly Biosecurity Tasmania, in terms of managing our borders and people coming in and out of Tasmania, and particularly coming in, managing that process has been an unbelievably onerous and big, big challenge, and yeah. they've stepped up to the challenge and met the, met the challenge. So I really thank um, my department uh, members who have stepped up to do that, and they've already they've had their own you know, jobs to do as well in addition mm. to all of that. So it's been fantastic. But look, those that sort of feedback, that can be fed in any time. You or your members can can, uh, can send that information in either directly to me to pass on to the Director of Public Health and the State Controller yeah. um, or they can uh, make contact directly. So I think, uh, you know, that sort of feedback is always welcome. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, that's great. Um, one just a bit of a segue away from COVID because obviously we're you know where the restrictions have been eased, so it's probably not as interesting as shutting down the police force at the moment. But and we're not going to talk about that, um, <laughs> uh, which is going around the world and it is popular news. But um, one of the things we wanted to also discuss with you is is about meat processing now. Um, in Victoria, uh, probably for the last couple of years, they've been working on legislation to change the way that um, they can utilise, especially wild meats. Um, and obviously they have um, a lot of samba deer, fallow and, 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 um, and yeah. a few other species there as well. Um, but And I've actually come into contact with this a lot myself, Guy, because... Um, you know, I've, I've hunt a lot and uh, I've taught all my kids how to break down an animal, how to, how to then um, manage, you know, and, and, um, and keep that clean and, and obviously then store it and use it for your own purpose. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that, um, you know, they, they shoot recreationally. They probably would eat and utilize the food, but either they use it for their dogs or they don't use it at all uh, because they don't know how to process it. And there's no place in Tasmania at this stage to take it legally somewhere and, and get it processed. And this is the one thing that's changed in Victoria recently where they've introduced the, the capability for butchers to be able to take in wild meats and actually, you know, there's some legislation around that. Um, and they can cut it all up for you and, you know, make it into the parcels that you want um, and you can take it home and away you go. Um, so is there any kind of conversation or plan around that from Tasmania's perspective? Yes, there absolutely is, and we're very interested to see what's happening in Victoria, but the answer is yes to that question. So um, we've got a deer trial feasibility study that's just yep. begun, and the Tasmanian firm Community-Led Impact Partnerships has been awarded a contract mm -hmm. to explore the feasibility of a trial 
to use wild shot deer for commercial purposes. So they've been contracted following advertisements and seeking qualified consultants to do that, right. and uh, they've just won that. So they'll be examining all those issues. So well, if, if talk- I may, I'm not yeah. just talking about commercial use, but I'm talking about people just like I go shoot a deer. I don't yeah. know how to break it down. Can I take it to a butcher? Um, right. you get him to so, process it for yeah, you. Yeah, so, and, and that's what's changed in Victoria, both from, from the commercial perspective, but also from a public perspective, um, that they are able to now do that. Yes. Okay. Well, look, uh, as I say, we'll certainly be looking what they're doing in Victoria and any way we can improve the situation here in Tassie. Mm. Um, I think uh, education and awareness and having a better education system is absolutely yeah. you know, how we can do it better um, yeah. for our hunters, um, deer or otherwise, is, is a very good move. Yeah. So we're, we're following up this legislative council inquiry a few years ago in terms of potential commercialization so that's the feasibility yeah, study yeah. i was referring to yeah, for sure um and we're certainly happy to have a look at what's happening in victoria you know yeah. food health and safety is obviously a top priority so yeah so that needs to be taken into account uh yeah. in answering your question mm. about uh yourself and or others just as a bit of for, context as butcher. well like a lot of us that do hunt internationally like you know my my girls have actually you know they've hunted new zealand several times with me uh, all my kids have hunted Africa as well. And and when you go to a lot of these other places, you, you, you find that that type of access is very easy. And there are a lot of tap-on benefits to that, like, um, you know, food for homeless and, and, um, and you know, giveaway, giveaway protein programs and stuff like this, which um, obviously, you know, if, if you do hunt and you've got great access and you can actually hunt a few deer and you've got more than you need... It, 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 the sure. the question for a lot of the people that follow us as well is can I actually give it away you know can I give it to someone else without having something come back at me if there's a problem you know um, yeah. yeah and and so, so it's it's those kind of things which I think all they're, they're, obviously it's a process of time and it's something that but we, we'd like to see um, you know our government consider mm. those types of things for the community. Because it extends the utilisation of the of the actual wildlife itself. So, you know, for example, like we were talking earlier about the benefit that, that the government recognises the benefit to um, forestry and things like that and farming as well in controlling some of these animal populations. But, of yeah. course, by virtue of that activity, you're taking out a lot of animals and possibly the hunter that's mm. doing that or the, or the small group of hunters that are doing that on a property may not be able to take home all of that meat themselves. And if we did have a program where we could either... Give it, donate it to a butcher, and that could go into programs to feed the homeless, or, or if it could be then be sold commercially, from hunters giving it into butchers and things like that. Then it allows sure. the meat to actually be mm. utilised rather than just being wasted. Mm. And of course, as yeah. ethical hunters, that's what all of us want to see: is is the the the, the resource being utilised to its fullest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, I think you, you've made some, some good points there. And, it's a pretty uh, big say, one, we'll sorry about that. But... <laughs> no, no, look, you, you've made some good points, and, you know, I've, I've, um, I've travelled as well, and so I know where you're coming from and I don't know all the details, but yeah. certainly I think there's some principles around, you know, food, health and safety about the... Another one is, you know, quality control of the of the wild product or the deer. Yeah. Um, impacting on the deer farmers and, and uh, their you know, jobs involved um, and then the rights and impact of the recreational hunting and arrangements with landowners and hunters. So, look, there's a whole range of issues there, but if you can agree on some principles um, around some of those things, then, of course, we should keep that conversation going, learn from Victoria and, you know, overseas, New Zealand or 
US anywhere and uh, see what's right for Tasmania. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, on to another topic, Guy, that a lot of our um, listeners have been talking about is bow hunting in Tasmania. So a lot of hunters both here and on the mainland were pretty disappointed with um, the new, well, the now premier's comments about bow hunting last year. But his comments also created a lot of confusion on what is and isn't allowed. So previously, uh, we know it's illegal to bow hunt native animals in Australia, not just Tasmania. But Tasmania is the only state that doesn't allow the bow hunting of deer prior to last year. Uh, It was legal for hunters to take rabbits, hares, feral cats and other feral animals with a bow before last year. But are we still allowed to do that now? What's? Can you pro- provide some clarity on that? <laughs> Thanks for the question. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Let's uh, just uh, clarify that. Um, so, look, animal welfare is a top priority, and I think we'd all agree in this call and to your listeners it's unacceptable, uh, you know, to to uh, impact adversely on animal animal welfare wherever they are, whatever's happening. So that's. Uh, been a top priority and I think we'd all agree that a a quick and clean kill um, Mm -hmm. it certainly doesn't present an adverse animal welfare outcome so I do accept that uh, some people remain opposed to to killing any animal uh, which is um, frankly a totally different issue and uh, the wallabies that you referred to I think it was March last year there were two reports unfortunately um, target arrows yeah, penetration by the target arrow, mm. and uh, opposed, as opposed to hunting arrows, um, last year were subjected to significant, you know, unacceptable pain and suffering that no animal, irrespective of its status as a pest, native yeah. wildlife or domestic, should should have to endure. And, and I think you, would, you wouldn't on that. find any hunter that would disagree with that point of view that they shouldn't have been no. shot with target arrows. No. no, and you correctly note, I think uh, earlier, just that uh, hunting protected wildlife certainly prohibited in Tasmania under our Nature Conservation Act Mm. um, without a permit and permits to take wildlife authorising the use of bows and arrows are are never issued. So um, a non-protected wildlife such as feral rabbits, uh, bow hunting is not expressly prohibited. Mm -hmm. However, animal cruelty provisions under the Animal Welfare Act uh, do apply, and those all reports of any alleged harming of wildlife are regarded seriously, certainly by our government and, and my department, and there are maximum penalties that apply for that. So, okay. Guy, you made reference a second ago to hunting hunting arrows, um, which I think you mean broadheads on an arrow, So, um, which are obviously the device used by hunters um, to ethically take an animal. Um, and uh, so if we were to use a broadhead on an arrow right now and hunt a rabbit, is that okay in Tasmania? Well, all I can say is what I've said in terms of hunting protected wildlife, that is prohibited. Yeah. So um, unless you've got a permit and there's permits to take wildlife authorising, the use of bows and arrows are never issued yeah. Um, so we can't yeah, hunt with a bow at that, all. Well, that's that's the advice in terms of permits to taking wildlife, authorising the use of bows and arrows. Yeah. They, they have not been issued for um, protected species. For non for non protected wildlife, so rabbits, for example, bow yeah. hunting is not expressly 
prohibited. It's not expressly prohibited. Okay. However, animal cruelty provisions um, under the Animal Welfare Act do apply, and they are yeah. very serious. They're very important. Yeah. And um, in 2015, we did strengthen the law, increase the penalties under our Animal Welfare Act, and Jeremy Rockcliffe uh, led the way in that regard prior, prior to myself. And we've increased the penalties for aggravated cruelty, strengthened the penalties across the board, mm. and that certainly sends a strong message to increase deterrence against acts of animal cruelty, and that's taken very seriously. And mm. so this is no different from the, that. That legislation applies to rifle hunting just the same as bow hunting, correct? It, it applies across the board, yeah, in terms of our animal welfare legislation, yes. Yeah. And the same action, so shooting, say shooting a, a rabbit with a broadhead, would be considered humane in Victoria and New South Wales, New South Wales under similar animal welfare acts? Well, I don't know what the position is in Victoria and New South Wales. I can only advise what's happening in Tassie. Yeah. We've got our Nature Conservation Act um, in terms of taking wildlife uh, without a permit and we've got our animal welfare legislation, which is uh, really important. So that is a priority and I must just uh, emphasise that. Mm. Yeah. It, it's still, yeah, it, it, I mean, the problem The problem with this is it remains confusing for anyone that does bow hunt whether it is or it isn't allowed because the, the idea of just saying the Animal Welfare Act, you know, blah, blah, and I, I get that. I understand you guys have got to reference something. But um, I can go shoot a, a rabbit in the backside with a 17 right now and it won't die and it could be accidental. So... Um, but I would consider, you know, depending on the distance and all sorts of other things, uh, th th then um, I would have to consider how ethical that shot was myself um, to take yeah. that shot. Now, younger kids and stuff like that may not may not have that ability. Now, you can go shoot the, the, the same rabbit with a twenty two Magnum and guaranteed no matter where you hit it, pretty much it's going to die. Um, uh, and it's going to die relatively quickly. Um, and the same can be said for, for obviously the the uh, arrows and and um, you know the difference between a, a target based uh, hunting system and a and a genuine compound bow or recurve bow that's actually designed for hunting with broadhead arrows. And the guys that are obviously following us, they're saying, well, can we do it if we've got all of the legit gear that around the world we're allowed to hunt with? And, and that's not a problem, even in the rest of Australia, um, then can the, we actually hunt these animals which are unspecified? Well, they're not, they're not being provided any clarity by the Tasmanian government over whether or not they're going to be subject to a $33,000 fine. I think yeah. that's, that's the biggest issue is that, you know, they take, you take an activity that is considered perfectly humane and legal in Victoria or New South Wales and then you apply it to Tasmania and there's confusion over whether or not they would be subject to that fine because it hasn't been clarified by the government. And so I think that's kind of the frustration from our followers and from bow hunters here in Tassie, bow hunters that exist in Tassie, not people that are bow hunting in Tassie, yeah. but, but people that bow hunt elsewhere um, and they're sitting there going, well, what do I do? You know, it, it's it, just like with rifle hunting, it's so important to make sure that you're practicing your skill all the time that you're keeping up with it and bow hunting probably more so even than rifle hunting mm. to make sure that you're getting out there and you're stalking animals and you're practicing that skill to make sure that you're up to date and that you when you do maybe go over to victoria to go and bow hunt something else there 
that, that you're, you're up to scratch. And so when they don't know whether or not they, they can do that here in Tassie, it, it I think causes a lot of frustration yeah. <laughs> and concern too, granted, because nobody wants to all of a sudden get like, go out, go down to their local farm and bow hunt a couple of rabbits to take home for dinner and then find that they've got four lots of $33,000 fines for animal cruelty yeah. all of a sudden in the mail. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I'm, I'm hearing you, but, uh, I, um, position is is um, outlined as I, as I've yeah. described. Mm. Yeah. Is there going to be any further clarity provided on, on on bow hunting for Tasmania, one way or the other, that that you guys are working on at the moment? Well, look, uh, I can always put in writing to you um, or your listeners, you know, further information about what I've said and described and the importance of um, animal cruelty measures and the welfare of animal animals more generally but uh, it's outlined as i've described but i can uh, absolutely put it in writing and yeah. just a heads up i do have to head off very shortly because i've got someone uh, waiting for me but no um, i'm happy to uh, to wrap up with you when when you're ready yeah fantastic no listen guy um it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and, and we really thank you for actually taking the time mate you know yeah. we, we really do appreciate it so um and we do want to acknowledge too that that we personally as a family who hunt we really do um appreciate and support a lot of the measures that your government has put in place at the moment with around yeah. hunting and the risk and the, the removal of some of the restrictions around tags yeah. and things like that well me, um, me and jess do but tash bow hunt so she's still angry with you. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Well, I can no. thank you and you and Jess and Cash. Well, let's do, uh, have another chat another day. But yeah, no, it's great to catch up with you, Rod, and also Tash and Jess. I appreciate the conversation and the interaction debate. Happy to do it again sometime. But uh, you know, we've tried to do what we can to advance Tasmania's interests and yeah. recreational uh, activities in the state and get that balance. And we've come a fair way, I think, under yeah. certainly under our government. And uh, we'll keep in touch with with you and others and uh, do what we can to improve the arrangements so that we can protect what Tasmania is really special about. And, uh, yeah, so we're happy with that and we'll keep in touch for sure. Oh, and I think we would we would definitely be interested to hear if, it, if there is any of that data that does come out about the hunting and, and its effect on the economy here in Tasmania. We'd love mm. to know about that stuff too. Mm. Because... And, and we can also help. So, you know, the, we've got a, a large audience. We've got a lot of Tasmanian followers. So... You know, um, we're we're not adverse to to helping you out as far as that stuff is concerned as well. So, um, no, that'd be great. Well, let's mm. keep in touch on that, and uh, yeah, any any other related matters? That sounds good. All right, thanks, Thank guys. Have a good afternoon. Thanks, mate. Okay, Have a good day. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, that was it. That was um, Guy Barnett, the uh, state Tasmanian state minister. Um, the Honourable Guy Barnett, Minister for Primary Industries and Water. Um, interesting conversation. It was all nice until we started talking we about bow hunting. <laughs> I don't believe there's much clarity on the bow hunting side of things, but uh, that was to be expected. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He dodged that question. You That's know, okay. Yeah. No matter how we tried to frame it, he kept dodging it, which yeah. was a bit. But, um, so we're really yeah, not it is sure what it is, I guess, if but... you do bow hunt a rabbit, if you will get a thirty-three thousand dollars six hundred. That's $33,600 fine. Yeah, yeah. But, if well, I had a spare, I'd just go and shoot one and see. But <laughs> who has that kind of dosh spare? Um, but, um, it's one expensive rabbit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a trophy rabbit. Well, uh, I mean, let's hope that we've put the thought in his head now to actually create some clarification Hopefully around it. Hopefully it won't make um, him go so that, uh, so that, you know, we, we can have some, some more, you know, clarity around 
what's actually happening from bow hunting point of view. The other thing is um, that um, it would be interesting to try and pursue the conversation from a deer point of view. I mean, why can't we hunt deer? I mean, we concentrated on the feral animals that are kind of unclassified at the moment. Mm. But, um, you know, what What also is the, um, is the plan for deer in the future? Um, so, you know, I, I think it should be open to bow hunting. Yeah, and I think I that, you know, there's the potential to have it's, another season for bow hunting. It's humane everywhere for, else. For stags. Basically, it, well, it's humane everywhere else in Australia and it's humane across the world to yeah. bow hunt deer. So I don't see why it's not here. Yeah. Um, and this but, is a good reminder for you guys too um, that, that information is power to these people. When yeah. they are hearing from people and they're hearing from people in the community that this is important to them, that does have an effect. So make sure you are writing, write them a letter, write your local yeah. minister a letter. And I don't know how hunting. many times he said that, but he said it several times during the whole podcast, didn't he? That people that, can you know, write I'm, I'm willing to hear yeah. from people. So yeah. we should actually put so that out. In, and guys. Yeah, if, yeah, if you get, you know, put some pen to paper or jump on your... Your email. Your, your, your email and send them some details about um, what you think and why you think what you think. What we'll do as well is we'll include in this podcast write-up um, the contact details for Guy Barnett's office so that if you guys do want to write in a letter or um, send an email in, you've got that information to do that um, because it is important. And when they do hear from the public, it does make a difference. Um, I know that it can be easy to get discouraged when you send in a letter or an email and it just kind of disappears off into the stratosphere of bureaucracy and but you get some bureaucratic reply back but, but it does the make more a difference. of them that goes the the, the more influence mm. that includes it's and just like that information that we were talking about earlier that when you know the information and you have that on hand then you can make decisions going forward about what legislation is going to change and how you're going to how things need to move forward just and so they can't do that without the information from the public of what matters to you does mm. bow hunting matter to you at all you know yeah. is hunting important that kind of stuff so if they don't know that they don't have any basis to go off and make yeah. sure you're being respectful with it too don't have a go at him or don't have a go at any of them or anything like that just tell them what you guys want tell ask them questions all of that kind of stuff so mm. they know and that people want this post it back to us too so we can get it out to the community we're happy to do that so you know if you guys get some replies back and and they're, they're replies that make sense um, and and you want us to share them, then let us know about it, and we'll put it back out to the to the broader hunting community, so everybody has an mm. understanding of what has been said. Um, and then hopefully that triggers more people to do the same thing and write in their letters and ask their questions and 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 start to change the way these people are thinking about what we're doing. I, I think it's quite obvious that this guy. I mean, it may not be his primary focus, hunting and fishing and stuff like that, but but at but the he very knows least, it's yeah, he, he understands it's, it's important. And now it's about us as hunters giving him an understanding of where to go with it because mm. he doesn't hunt. Mm. He said that himself. He doesn't even have a firearms license anymore, but he comes from a rural background and um, he has an understanding of hunting. He used to hunt as a kid. He used to shoot as a kid. Um but he's been detached from it from a lot for a long time, so he doesn't understand what we do. And I guarantee he doesn't have a bow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much a given that one. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks very much for, for for listening. This is obviously the I Am Hunter podcast. Um, you can you can find us on Instagram. Um, we've got the the Hunchak. Um, uh, account Something. account there and, and, and then all of us have got our individual accounts you can find us there on Instagram but you can also find us on Facebook and we've recently opened up um, 
bloody YouTube, whatever oh, it's yeah, called. That, one. that yeah, thing. It's not even um, recent. I mean, it's been up there for like over a year, Dad. But yeah, well, we, we've just started kind of pushing it, I guess. Um, so um, jump on there. You'll find out all the details about what we do and why we do it. Um, and of course, our website's Hunt Shack for for hunting, both nationally and internationally, and I Am Hunter, which is our membership platform. Yeah, so. don't forget to do jump on IamHunter.net and just check out some of the um, articles that we've got up there. We do talk about a lot of this stuff in articles there um, that we share to social media as well. And it's a good way for you to go and kind of work out what your ideas are too. If you do want to write a letter, um, you can get some information from there too. And obviously, we've got all of our tutorials and videos and other podcasts that you can listen to up available on the site all in the one place. Um, and don't forget, if you do become a member we've got giveaways that we do every single month we have a big yearly hunt giveaway that we do um and then we also have a lot of our member benefits like discount codes and some exclusive content and things like that yep. free t-shirt which we throw in there and if so. you hear this podcast in time then um christmas in july is coming yes and it's big yes it is big i've been working hard behind the scenes with mum as well contacting a whole bunch of companies to make sure that we've got some great stuff to give away to you guys um because it really kind of makes our day i heard a rumor swarovski might be on board oh maybe maybe we got lots of cool companies (laughs) (laughs) you just wait and see they know us see they know us anyway so make sure you keep an eye out on that on those social channels and and also check back on the website too um and if you do like what what we do um we would love it if you would become a member and support us to continue producing more of this content because your membership helps us to keep it free for everybody and keep posting this stuff out to the public so that we can get the message out there about hunting and make sure that it stays alive for future generations (gasps) take a breath I can't. I just speak so fast. <laughs> I think I breathe as I speak. Like, All <laughs> right. It comes in as it goes out. Thanks, guys, for listening. We really appreciate it. And we hope that the podcast was um, worth a listen. Yeah. See you later. Bye.